welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. The book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Uh, we're looking through the book. Uh, last week I introduced the book of Ephesians. Um, I explained that the book of Ephesians uh, was written to Christians just like us in a city called Ephesus, there in uh, in, in uh, Asia Minor. It was a letter written by Paul uh, to a church that he had established, and then he had you know left them, and he was writing back to them. It was to a metropolitan city, a center of trade, and a place that was full of idolatry and a lot of challenges that believers were going through. So Paul wrote this letter to them to, to, to teach them how to, how to be able to live within, in the midst of all the challenges that they were going through as believers, how to live in the grace of God in the midst of it. So he dedicated this letter to talking about the grace of God, what the grace of God has obtained for us, how we can walk in the grace of God, how we can live in it. And he, he talks about it, you know, in every area of life, from personal to family to church to how we can live, uh, live it in the workplace and the community. And those are the things that we are exploring uh, this month. Last week, I taught on well, the, the, the seven acts of grace. If you, if you miss that, you can always go listen to it on our, on our website, social media, or you can uh, go to our podcast and listen to it. So today, I want to speak on what I titled, Living in the Mercy of God. Living in the Mercy of God. Or if you want to you know, pluralize, you can say, Living in the Mercies of God. Living in the Mercies of God. You know, that you know, is you know, the same thing that I'm that I am speaking about. So, uh, there's no way you will study the book of Ephesians and, or study about grace that you won't see this interrelation between this particular word, mercy. You will just see that it seems that they are, they are intricately connected. Uh, for example, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 4 uh, and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 you know, says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. So God is a gracious God. We come to his throne and then we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Can you see how those words are being used together? Uh, we come to the throne of our gracious God or the throne of grace as the translation says it. And then at the throne of grace, we receive mercy and then we also find grace to help us in times of need. So you see it all through the Bible that there's a, there's a, there's an, there's a, there's a very intricate, you know, like very, uh, there's, a, there's an interrelation between these two words. Also in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, you know, starting from verse 1, our text for today, uh, you will see that uh, Paul was describing what the grace of God obtained for us. And then at the center of it, Paul puts the mercy of God there. That the reason why we have access to the grace of God, the reason why all these things happened was because of God's rich mercy or God's compassion towards us. Let's read it. Uh, starting from verse 1, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the power of the unseen world. Is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God? So that was our state. We were dead in our sins. We were living in sin. We were living. I mean, we were living by the dictates of our flesh. We were living, living under the under condemnation, under the rulership of the devil and of sin, and we were dead. The Bible describes us as completely dead, unresponsive to God. Uh, we couldn't reach out for Him. We couldn't. You know, there was. You know, there was nothing good in us like the Bible, you know, talks about. Everything was completely uh, alienated, uh, you know, to God. 
So verse 2 says, you used to live in sin. Then verse 3 says, all of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So we're under the wrath of God. But look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. I love verse 4. And I want you to, I want you to take some time as you are you know, watching me in your homes, wherever you are right now, or at work or anywhere. I want you to take some time to meditate on this. You say, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. You know, the NKJV says, God, who is rich in his mercy? Who is rich in mercy? Because of his great love. Which, with which he loved us. He is rich in mercy. So look at it. So he's rich in mercy because of his great love. So because God is love, is a, you know, it's his nature. That's who he is, character. Then he's rich in mercy. Now, verse 5, now the mercy now moves him to begin to do certain things. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Can you see the word grace, love, mercy, again, being used together? So it says God is love, and as a result, he is rich in mercy. And then as a result of his rich mercy, he's showing us grace. Verse, verse 6, verse 6 continues. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. Verse 7, we're going to verse 8. So that, so that God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. For by grace, for God saved us, saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Look at that. God, God was, you know, God was expressing his character and his nature. And in expressing it, he raised us up. He took us from the point where we were, where we were helpless. And then he, he raised us up and then make, makes us to sit together with him in the heavenly places. I want you to think of a king. A king who sees a subject, you know, battered completely helpless. And then the king comes and then shows mercy towards uh, this subject. Not only did he help the subject, I mean, got the subject restored, also now made the subject to come and sit together with him on the throne. Now, that's, you know, using a hardly king, uh, you know, illustration that can help you understand that. But this is much more than that. We're talking about the king of the universe who found us dead and then he lifted us up. Last week, I talked about David and Mephibosheth, that, you know, David was showing the mercy or the loving kindness of God. And he said, is there anybody from the house of Jonathan that I can show the loving kindness of God? And he found Mephibosheth, who was lame at his feet, who was living in Lodabar, and he told him to come to the palace and said, from this day, you're going to be sitting and eating with me at the table. You're going to be living with me. I'm going to be taking care of you. You're not going to ever going to suffer. That's, a, that's an illustration of what God did for us. So listen, watching me right now, I want you to know that you have experienced the mercy of God. And in his mercy and his love, he has shown you grace. Now, God wants us to continue to live in that. He wants us to continue to experience that. But for us to be able to walk in that experience, we need to understand what the mercy of God truly is. So we can see that God is love, is rich in mercy, and then he demonstrates grace towards us. He's favorably disposed to help us, to show us favor. He wants to help us. He wants to assist us. It's part of his character. It's part of his nature. It's part of his nature. Now, the more we understand that nature of God, and we begin to appeal to that nature of God, and we begin to live in that nature of God, and we begin to declare that nature of God, the more of God's mercy that we're going to be seeing, and the more of God's grace we're going to be seeing in our lives. We're going to be experiencing the grace shows of God. 
as our faith rises in his, in his grace and his mercy, as we become more conscious of the mercy of God and the grace that it has produced in our lives, the more, the more of God's grace we're going to be experiencing. So that's why I want to take a few moments today, um, the rest of today, you know, to teach on, on this subject of the mercy of God. I want to explain, you know, what the mercy of God is and how we can all, you know, begin to live in that mercy. So let's go to my first point today, which is God's mercy defined. God's mercy defined. I always you know, want to start by defining something appropriately. And, you know, when, when I want to define something, I don't just want to go to the dictionary and just get a dictionary definition, because sometimes the way it's defined in the dictionary might be different from the way God actually defines it in his words. So, you know, I, I, I always want the word of God to define what uh, what it is talking about. So we're going to be looking into God's word to see the word's definition or God's definition of what the mercy of God is. So let's quickly look at uh, the book of uh, the book, the book of uh, Psalms, forty-five from verse eight to nine. Psalms forty-one, forty-five. We're going to start from verse eight. We're going to start from verse eight. So uh, it says, "The Lord is." merciful and compassionate is slow to get angry and is filled and filled with unfailing love. Verse 9. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. So you see the word being used here. The Lord is mercy. I mean the word mercy the word compassion, and sometimes you will see it as loving kindness uh, in some translations of the Bible, or you see it as God's kindness in some translations of the Bible. It's referring to this word that we call, we call mercy, the mercy of God. So the Bible is telling us here clearly that mercy, so if we are going to start defining mercy, that mercy is a part of God's characteristics. It's a part of God's nature. And we're going to take it a little bit further. It's a part of God's nature. They say God is, go, to, go back to verse 8. God is merciful and compassionate. Verse 8. is merciful and compassionate. Slow to ang get angry and filled with unfailing love. He's a merciful God. He's full of mercy. Is full of mercy. So you are full of something because that is part of your nature. God is full of mercy. Somebody said it this way. I said, God's mercy is like the clouds filled with rain. Just filled with the, the cloud, filled with rain, wasting, I'm sorry, waiting to burst out upon us. It's like looking at the sky and it's filled with rain. And he's just waiting to burst out upon all of his creation. God is loaded with mercy. That's what Paul was saying in the book of Ephesians. God is rich in mercy. God is wealthy in mercy. God does not lack mercy. God's nature is mercy. Mercy is the core of his character, of his being. Because he is love. So that's what uh, the psalmist was telling us here also. That God is rich in mercy. So we can say that mercy or compassion is a part of the nature of God that motivates him to help those who are in need. Mercy is the great inner motivation, a part of God's nature, you know, that moves him to help those who are in need. Those who are in need. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 also talks about the mercy of God. Now, these translations, NLT says, The faithful love of God never ends. His mercies never cease. His mercies never cease. Verse 23 says, They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. Morning, his mercies begin afresh each morning. So he says, because of his mercies, of his love that we're not consumed. Look at that. So, because of God's mercies, there are certain things that we deserve that we do not get. Being consumed and destroyed is something 
that we deserve. But because of the mercy of God, it does not happen to us. So I'm going to give you a second definition of this word, of this word mercy. Remember the first one that it is the, 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 the character of God, a part of the nature and character of, character of God that motivates him to always want to help and to always help those who are in need. Now the second definition from this is the mercy of God is that aspect of God that he shows to us that does not allow us to get the things that we deserve. The things that we deserve. Listen, there were some things, there are some things that we deserve. We all deserve to die. We're dead in sin, like Ephesians, you know, said. We're, we're, we're against God. We deserve judgment. We deserve judgment. But the mercy of God is that part of him that just, when he, when he showers it on us, he just says, you know what, I'm not going to give them what they deserve. Rather, I'm going to show them grace. I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. They don't deserve to sit with me in the heavenly places. You know, they, des they, 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 they deserve to be in hell. They deserve to be, you know, to, 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 be, to be controlled by the devil. They deserve to die. But because my nature is to help, my nature is mercy. You know what? I'm, going to, I'm not going to allow them to get what they deserve. Rather, I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. I'm going to make them sit together with me in the heavenly realm. And I'm going to take them from the consequences of their sins. All because of me, not because of their works, not because of what they did or what they did not do, but just because it is my nature to show mercy and to extend grace. Hallelujah. Hope you are following me. So the mercy of God is that part of him that when it is, when it is released upon a person, when it is shown towards a person, when it's exercised towards a person, that allows the person not to get what they deserve. It is because of the lost mercy that we are not consumed, that we're not consumed. Hallelujah, that we're not consumed. So you see, you know, you, so you're beginning to get something um, about, you know, about the mercy of God from, you know, from what we have read so far now. And I want you to start thinking, maybe somebody is watching me right now and, you know, you are constantly living under condemnation because of something that you did Maybe you are a Christian or maybe you are not even a, a, a believer yet. But you are always living under the condemnation of something that you did. You know, there are certain things, certain laws that are in motion on this earth. Even some of the laws that God has put in motion. We talk about the law of seed time and harvest. We talk about all of these laws. You know, a lot of them are revealed in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs and all that. And in some other places that, you know, when you do this, this is going to happen. When you do this, this is going to happen. Now, those things are true. The scriptures cannot be broken. But I want to announce to you again today that there's, there's another law, another part of God that is higher than all those laws that we're talking about. There's a part of God that triumphs over that. The Bible said mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is higher than judgment. It's just like, you know, you say, is that a contradiction? It's not a contradiction. Just like God, God is the one that created the law of gravity. But it's also the one that created the law of lift. Now, the law of gravity means every, says that everything, every, everything that goes up must come down. Everything that goes up must come down. But the law of lift, which the aeroplanes, you know, they fly with, is another law that of God that supersedes the law of gravity that allows things that are heavier than air to be able to fly. So, so that's what I'm talking about, that the mercy of God is a higher law than those things, those other laws. So let's say you are here right now and you are feeling condemned or you are feeling afraid that there's something that you have done in your past that is going to catch up on you. Oh, there's a debt oh, that you are not, you know, you have not been able to pay, you know, to God or, 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 to, or, or somebody, you know, that you wounded or something that happened. I want you to know right now that you can appeal to the mercy of God in such a situation and the mercy of God will help you because that's what the mercy of God is about. The mercy of God is is there so that we can appeal to it, so that in our mistakes, so that in our errors, so that in our condemnation, so that when we feel that, you know, we deserve, we deserve to die, we deserve the worst, we can appeal to the mercy of God and God can give us that which we do not deserve. God can stop us from expressing that which we deserve and instead show us grace so that we can express what we do not deserve. Look at the way David did it. After David committed sin, you know, with Bathsheba, and he did all that. Look at the way he, he prayed to God in Psalm 51. 
in Psalm 51 from verse 1. He says, for the director of music, a psalm of, of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, David said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. So he continues to pray and just pray and appeal to the mercy of God. And God, you know, he was the one that said, blessed is the man that God does not remember his iniquity, that God has blotted out his transgression, that God does not count his transgressions against him. And that's the scripture that Paul was quoting later in the book of Romans when he was talking about, you know, receiving grace through faith, that we become righteous by faith. So I want you to know that the compassion of God covers every mistake that you have made. The mercy of God covers every mistake that you have made. You can appeal to that mercy. Maybe there's something that has been haunting you. This is the month that that thing's got to stop. It's time for you to appeal to the mercy of God and let the blood of Jesus Christ deal with it once and for all. The blood that, that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel that was killed by Cain was crying out for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus Christ is crying out mercy, mercy, mercy. And when you appeal to the blood of Jesus Christ, your sins, your mistakes, your errors, your misjudgment, all the things that you have done, they are wiped out and you become a recipient of God's grace. I want you to trust in the mercy of God right now and begin to live with boldness and confidence and get out of condemnation because the mercy of God covers you, covers everything about you and you can go to him. You can go to the throne of grace and claim his mercy because it has been shared forth for you on the cross of Calvary. It belongs to you now. It belongs to you now. So, so you understand the definition of the mercy of God. I'll repeat it again. The mercy of God is the great inner motivation of God, a part of God's character that moves him to help those who are in need. Number two also, mercy is forgiveness extended to someone who deserves punishment or harm. Mercy is undeserved pardon. It is undeserved deserved pardon. Mercy is that aspect of God that when appealed to and when it's operational over a person, does not allow that person to get what they deserve. So that was, that's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 2. That we were dead in trespasses and sin. We were living in sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, decided to show us love and saved us by his grace and lifted us, lifted us up to be seated with him in heavenly places. And now he now makes us a display, a show of his grace. Listen, you are, you are a show of God's grace. In this month of the great show, your life, your family, Everything that you have is a display of God's grace because you have received mercy. The grace of God that, that, you know, the grace of God that abounds profusely will begin to abound in every aspect of your life. The unmerited favor of God, the undeserved favor of God, God will begin to operate in your life, in every aspect of your life, causing you to get things that you do not deserve, causing you to enter things that you do not deserve just because you are loved by God and you have been shown mercy by God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let, let, let's go to my point number two today. God's mercy demonstrated. So the first one is God's mercy defined. Now we're going to God's mercy demonstrated. You know, the book of Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, you know, for, uh, you know Hebrews chapter 1 says that God, Jesus Christ is the express image of God's person. Let's read that. Let's read that. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 says God, you know, God spoke to us. You know, in the time past, he spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But verse 2 says, but in these last days, now, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Verse 3 is very important. He said, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So that's where I'm going. Is the exact representation of God's being. So if we can look at the life of Jesus Christ and the way he responded to people, we can know how God responds to people because he's the exact representation of God's being. So let's look at some examples in the ministry of Jesus Christ of this nature and character of God being expressed towards people. And listen, as we read this thing, I want you to turn your Bibles, everybody. Don't just be looking at me because you are at home. I want you to actually open your Bibles and study this with me and take notes so that you can meditate on it later because this is going to change your life. You are going to see 
the areas that the mercy of God operates in. And, and you see that it covers every area of our lives by looking at the life of Jesus. So let's look at, uh, let's look at some example um, of, of the mercy of God, of this, this inner motivation of God uh, to, 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 to help people. Uh, the first one is, uh, is in, is in uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 13. Matthew chapter 14 from verse 13 to 14. It said, when Jesus heard what had happened, so they're talking about, uh, in context, they're talking about, he heard that John the Baptist was beheaded. They said, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Verse 14. He said, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion or mercy on them, and he healed their sick. Look at that. Jesus Christ was demonstrating this nature of God. He had just heard that his cousin was killed, John the Baptist. The person that knew about his ministry, believed in his ministry, he heard about it. So he said, you know, he, he, he went to a private place. But then he saw people. He saw people. Once he saw those people, they were reaching out to him. He saw a large crowd. They were all reaching out for him. They were sick. They were people who were blind. They were people who were lame. They were people who were demon-oppressed. So Jesus Christ, just try and imagine Jesus Christ standing there. He's trying to deal. He's dealing with the issue of his cousin and what happened. And then he sees all these people. He sees all these people waiting there you know, you know, with all these ailments. Look at what he did. He said he was moved with compassion. You know, they moved, if we go to the NKJV, I love, I love the NKJV. Let's use the NKJV for this. He was, he was moved with compassion because I love that, you know, that thing, moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and then he healed their sick. So Jesus Christ just began to heal the sick. So the question I want to ask you is this. What healed the sick? Oh, somebody says, oh, it was the power of God that healed the sick. Yes, you are right. But what, what was the trigger for the power of God? What was that thing that set the power of God going that healed those people? It was the compassion of God. It was the mercy of God. Listen to this very carefully. The mercy of God is the motivation of God for all the good that it does for us. The mercy of God is the trigger. The compassion of God is the trigger of the power of God. In other words, when you touch the mercy of God, or when the mercy of God touches you, its power is released for every other aspect of life. In this case, it was released to heal them. So maybe you are watching me right now, and you are sick wherever you are, and you are watching me. And somebody has lied to you and told you that God doesn't heal people anymore. If somebody says that, that person is saying that God doesn't have compassion anymore. That God has lost his compassion. Because we see from this place that the trigger for God's healing power is the compassion of God. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not lost his compassion for you. He still loves you. Where you are right now, no matter the pain that you are going through right now, God loves you and that pain touches him and it triggers his power. It triggers his power. It, 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 it moves him. What you now need to do is just reach out by faith. Reach out by faith. No matter what it is that the doctor has said it is, no matter what it is, reach out by faith and the compassion of God will reach you where you are and the power of God will resolve that situation. Jesus is demonstrating how God is to us. Now let's go to another example. Another example is in Luke chapter 7 from verse 12 to 15. So the first, time, the first one was about the manifestation of God's power for healing because of God's compassion, because of God's mercy. Because of God's mercy, he healed them. He healed them all of sickness. Now look at this second one. He said, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. A dead person was being carried out. Now, there were a lot of people who were dead, and Jesus didn't heal all the dead people. But there was something that touched Jesus about this particular dead person. He said, he was the only son of his mother. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. So look at, look at, look at, this person has experienced two tragedies. First of all, she lost her husband. And then, secondly, her son, her only son, was dead. 
and said a large crowd from the town was with her. As Jesus approached the town gate, just try and think as God approached the town gate, as Jesus approached the town gate, let, let, let's, go to, uh, let's go to the next verse, uh, verse 13. He said, when the Lord saw her, look at that, the Lord saw, the moment the Lord saw her, his out went out to her. Can you go back to the, uh, to the NKJV for me? He said his, he was moved. He said his heart went, went out to her. He, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Listen, the mercy of God is the part of God that triggers the power of God. In this case, this thing is saying, and I think it's a prophetic word for somebody here who has been weeping. I declare over you that through the mercy and the compassion of God, you will not weep any longer. You will not weep over your children any longer. You will not weep any longer over your marriage. You will not weep any longer over your career. You will not weep any longer over your extended family. You will not weep any longer over your finances. You will not weep any longer over your ministry because the mercy of God and the compassion of God is reaching you today. Jesus said, do not weep. He had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Why? Listen, compassion is not just pity. Now, the Bible says we should, we should weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. But compassion goes into action. Compassion has the power. Compassion is not powerless. Compassion is not helpless. Mercy is not helpless. Mercy has the power to solve the situation. So mercy goes beyond the feeling and goes into action to solve the situation. And look at what Jesus did. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 14. When he came, then he came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. I say to you, arise. Verse 15. Verse 15. So he who was dead sat up and began to, and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. You know, one of the prayers I prayed, you know, as, I, as I was reading it, I was like, Lord, that depth of mercy and compassion that can raise people from the dead, that depth of mercy that can stop the tears of people, that can stop trouble, turmoil in family, in the community, Lord, give us, give us that kind of mercy. Let help us be able to walk in that depth of mercy that taps into the depth of your power. And God says it is available to you. You need to study it more. You need to declare it more. You need to believe it more. And you begin to see these things happening. Because God is going to show his mercy to us as we are going to see in my, in, in my, in my, my last point today. God is also going to show his mercy to us. So God wants us to understand his mercy. He wants us to experience it so that we can be able to show it to others and so wipe tears from their eyes, change things in our communities, change things in our nations, change things in families, change things in people's lives, heal people, deliver people, raise people from the dead. It was the mercy of God that raised us from the dead, from sin, and set us on high. That same mercy can operate to us to raise people up from whatever is holding them down. The compassion of God moved Jesus and this woman, this woman's child was healed. Let's, let, let's, look, at, let's, look, at, um, let's look at another example of, um, of, of the compassion of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. There are so many of them. I, I encourage you to go and study it, but I'll give you one more. It says, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw a great multitude. And he was moved in compassion, with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Jesus Christ saw that these people are confused. They have no knowledge. They are confused. They have no leader. And then his compassion moved him to begin to teach them anything. You see, the mercy of God leading to teaching, leading to instruction, leading to guidance. I declare over you right now that the confusion in your life, the direction that you need, the instruction that you need, the wisdom that you need for your life. Through the mercy of God, you will receive it. The Holy Spirit will begin to teach you how to battle, how to walk. That confusion in your business, that confusion in your marriage, that confusion in your life. Through the mercy of God, this month, you are going to receive revelations from God that will bring transformation. 
God is merciful towards you. God is compassionate towards you. And he wants to teach you many things. He wants to show you many things. He wants to heal your body. He wants to resurrect that which has died in your life. He wants to resurrect your vision. He wants to resurrect your dreams. He wants to resurrect your confidence. He wants to resurrect your relationships. He wants to resurrect your marriage. He wants to lift those things up. Because he's compassionate towards you. He's merciful towards you. There was another place, you know, you know I just, I'm just going to mention in passing, when the people were hungry, people were gathered around Jesus Christ. You know, you've heard the story before, when he fed the 5,000. They said, you know, Jesus Christ, when he saw them, he told his disciples, I can't allow these people to just go without food. He said, he had compa- because, he said because I have compassion towards them, I can't just allow them. And then they said, Jesus Christ, you know, eventually, you know the story, he multiplied bread and fishes to feed them. I want to tell you something right now, that the compassion of God can also bring multiplication on everything that you have right now that seems little. Whatever it is that is little, that seems to be not enough for what God has called you to do or what you need for your life right now. It might be your food. It might be your confidence. It might be your faith. It might be, it might be a house. It might be a car. It might be something that you need that has eluded you, that you don't have it or you don't have enough for it and you're saying that I can never have it. I'm declaring over you right now that in this month of the grace show, the mercy of God is going to come upon you and the mercy of God is going to bring multiplication for Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to change that thing. He's going to multiply that thing so that you have more than enough for what he has called you to do because he has mercy on you. He's mercy and he's compassionate. Hallelujah. 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 So you see, you see what, uh, you know, what, what, what I'm talking about. So we know, we know the definition of God's mercy. We know what it is. Now we know, we also know, uh, we have seen it demonstrated by Jesus Christ. We have seen it demonstrated, uh, you, know, all, you know, you can go study, you can see it demonstrated all through the Bible. We have seen the demonstration of it. Now let's go to my third point. God's mercy demanded. God's mercy demanded. And I have one more point after this. God's mercy demanded. God's mercy demanded. So the question now is, God is merciful. God is full of mercy. God has demonstrated his mercy towards towards us. He demonstrated it by Christ going to die for us on the cross while we're yet sinners. And that's in Romans chapter 5. So he, he demonstrated that. He has demonstrated it from all these things that we see. Now, how do I tap into the mercy of God? How do I live in the mercy of God? How do I experience the mercy of God? That's what I want to talk about quickly right now in God's mercy demanded. So listen, there's something about mercy is that mercy has to be appealed to. Mercy has to be appealed to. In other words, you have to be in position to receive mercy. If you watch some of these movies and all that, or you know, maybe, you know, maybe in the court of law or whatever, you hear some people say, please have mercy, or they will say, be lenient to the judge to be lenient. You know, they, they appeal, they make a petition. Listen, when it comes to the mercy of God, the mercy of God is, it, it flows profusely towards us, right? He, the mercy of God is self-initiated. He went out, he sent Jesus Christ and all that, and then he made it available for us. Now, what we need to do right now is just position ourselves under that mercy and then just appeal to it, and that mercy will flow to us, us naturally. So I want to show you right now how you can practically walk in the mercy of God from the examples of some people. Uh, Hebrews 4.16, I quoted it at the beginning. Uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. So there's an approach towards the mercy of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let's approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So it's telling us here that there's an action. We approach the grace. Approaching is a positioning. Approaching is, rather rather than you staying away, staying out of God's mercy, Stay, staying away from it. You move towards it. You move towards it. Somebody might be watching me right now. You've, you've, just, you've just, you know, you've stayed away. You're like, you know, I'm just hopeless. Or this situation is just hopeless. I, I don't even think God wants to hear me. I don't even think God, God, you know, God, 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 
God will even want to help me because of what I have done, because of you know who I was or who I am. I don't even think I think my own case is completely hopeless. I've had people say that before. No, you are staying outside. You are trying to stay outside the mercy. The mercy is available for you. What you need to do is approach the throne of grace. Approach today. If you're a believer, approach the throne of grace. Come before his presence. Come before him in prayer. Come before him. It's a heart attitude. It's a heart attitude. Bring that thing before God and say, God, I'm placing these things under your mercy. I'm placing this thing under your hand. I'm coming before you right now. I know you are a gracious God. I know you are a God of mercy. Like I showed you last week, David knew that. David understand that, that, that aspect of God. And he said, don't deliver me to man. Deliver me to the hand of God because I know that his merciful and his gracious. I know that I can appeal to his nature. Bring it before God and appeal to his nature. Is there a naughty situation in your life? Is there something in your life that came as a result of past mistakes or that came as a result of some things that went wrong in your family or that went wrong in your own life? Something you did or what something did? Is there something in your life right now that is a consequence of sin, a sickness, a repeated thing or something that has been injuring you? Bring that thing. Approach the throne of grace with that thing and say, God, right now I appeal to your mercy. Appeal to your mercy and I thank you Lord because your mercy delivers me. Your mercy frees me and you will see the power of God manifested in your life. Look at the way this, uh, these people did it. In Matthew chapter 20 verse 30 to 34. These guys have been blind for a long time and then he said they were sitting they were sitting by the roadside. They had been sitting by the roadside for a long time. People knew them as, you know, the blind, you know, the blind men. They knew them. Uh, everybody would give them some things and all that. Maybe there's something in your life that people know you, people know you with. They've characterized you with it. Oh, they know that it is you. You are the one that is going through that problem. It has been a long-standing issue. It's been there that people have attached it to your name. They've attached it to your personality. And they have to tell you today that the mercy of God can deliver you. The mercy of God can set you free. The mercy of God can set you going on your way free from it. Look at what happened. When they heard that Jesus was going back, here I'm telling you Jesus is going by in his mercy. Jesus is here with his mercy. You are hearing the same message. I'm telling you that Jesus is merciful. God is merciful towards you. God is compassionate towards you. Look at what they did. They shouted. They approached. They shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 21, they shouted. They approached the mercy of God. They approached the mercy of God. He said, the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. You see, people were telling them, just be where you want you were. Just be who you were. Why are you disturbing? Why are you disturbing the master? Why are you shouting? Why are you disturbing the peace? They, but they shouted all the louder. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And then verse 32, Jesus stopped. The mercy of God, listen, I told you this is an aspect of God's nature that one, when you appeal to it, God has to stop. He cannot deny it. He stopped. And he called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. In other words, they had a blank, a blank check because they appealed to the mercy of God. Whatever is going on in your life right now, you appeal to the mercy of God. God has to respond because he cannot deny his nature. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's yearning to do. You are cooperating with him in expressing his nature. He is excited about it. He's disposed to show mercy and favor. And then verse 33 said, they want that we want our sight. And of course, we know the story that Jesus Christ healed them. He had compassion. Look at it, verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Can you see? These people who were blind became disciples of Jesus Christ because they experienced the mercy of God. You see, some people think, look, look, look up, I want to say something with you. You know, some people think that you become a disciple of Jesus Christ because, you know, you, you, know, you are just naturally disposed, predisposed to that. You become disciples of Jesus and follow God because you are just that kind of a person. Listen, the, the best disciples of Jesus Christ are those who have experienced the mercy of God. Jesus said it this way when he got to a particular place and a woman came, a woman who was a prostitute, began to use his hair, you know, and, uh, her hair and all that, you know, to minister to Jesus, pour perfume and, you know, rub oil on him and all that. People were complaining. They were like, you know, Jesus should have known that this woman was a prostitute. Why, you know, this man, he called himself a prophet. He should have known. Jesus knew what they were thinking in their heart. And Jesus said, listen, you guys, 
I came here, you didn't do any of that to me. But she came here and she's doing it. But I want to tell you a parable. A man, a man who had two servants, or a king who has two servants, one hold him this particular amount, very small amount. The king forgave that one. Now one hold him a very large amount, and then the king forgave that, that, uh, that one of that, the one, uh, forgave that. Which one do you think is going to love the, uh, the, 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 the person the most? They said the one that was forgiving much. So Jesus said, that's what I want to tell you. This woman was forgiving much, and so she loves most. The most ardent disciples of Christ are those who, who recognize and realize that they have experienced the mercy of God, that they are living in the grace of God. It just removes all pride from your life, knowing that the only reason why you are where you are is because of the mercy and the grace of God. Paul said, I'm what I am by the grace of God. He said, I'm the chief of all sinners. I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I used to persecute the body. I used to persecute the church of Jesus Christ. But God came, Jesus came and showed me mercy. And here I am. I'm writing letters. I'm planting churches. I'm doing all that. It's only because of the mercy of God. You need to realize that where you are right now, it's only the, because of the mercy of God. You could be the one on the roadside. You could be the one that is in prison. The one that is in jail. And even if you are in jail, also you are you have access to the mercy of God. No matter what has gone wrong in your life, the mercy of God can turn it around. And you can become an ardent disciple, an ardent lover of Jesus Christ because you have experienced the mercy of God. Don't run away from God. Turn to him. Bring those things before him and let the mercy of God show forth in your life this month. Let him show forth in your affairs. Look at that. Immediately, they received their sight and they followed him because of his compassion. Appeal. Demand the mercy of God. Appeal to the mercy of God. Let me give you one last example. Job. You know, we read the book of Job a lot, and there's a lot of teaching on the book of Job, a lot of things that are off, a lot of things that are, you know, but you need to, when you read the Bible, you need to make sure that as a Christian, you interpret the Bible with the New Testament. So James gives us an insight into what was going on with, the, with Job. We all know about Job, who suffered all those things. And they said, later, they said, when Job prayed for his friends, God healed him, and God restored everything to him, you know, that he had, you know, double or something like that, you know, after he prayed for his friends. So look at, look at it, look at it, look at what, how, how James characterized what happened. He said, brothers and sisters, as an example, excuse me, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Verse 11, pay attention. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and, I have, and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Most people, they think of the beginning of Job, the few months that he suffered. But he's saying, look at what finally happened. Look at what finally happened to Job. Look at Job. Look at what finally happened. Look at what God finally brought about. So Job went through some tough time. But then God finally did something. Look at it. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The Lord is full of what? Compassion and mercy. And then in verse 13, you know, go to verse 13. Then he jumped to what he was talking about there. He said, is any among you in trouble? The same mercy, the same mercy that Job experienced, that turned his trouble around, the same compassion of God. He said, let him pray. Let him appeal to the mercy of God. If you are in trouble, appeal to the same mercy of God that turned the situation of Job around. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Verse 14. Is any sick among you? Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. The prayer of faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, listen, the mercy and the compassion of God will be forgiven. So you see, James gave us an insight that the mercy of God and the compassion of God, God showed it to Job, turned his situation around. That you too, you can appeal to the mercy and compassion of God. This was written to New Testament believers. You can appeal to the mercy and compassion of God. And if you are sick or you are going through trouble, the same mercy can work for you. That even if you, even if you, for your sin, it was your mistake that caused it, the same mercy of God can set you free from it. I want you to appeal to God's mercy today in every aspect of your life and experience his grace. My final point God's mercy distributed. Let me quickly repeat, you know, my first three points, and then I'll just round it up with that. So we're talking about the mercy of God, how to live under God's mercy, living in the mercy of God, living in the compassion of God. 
And my first point today was about the mercy of about God's mercy defined, defining what the mercy of God is. God's mercy is part of God's character. It's part of God's nature. It's that part of God that wants, that moves him to help those who are in need, that makes him to be favorably disposed towards those who need his help. That's what his grace is released through. That's the center of what he did in Christ when he raised us from the dead and set us to sit at his right hand in the heavenly places. And then we talked about God's mercy, demonstra- uh, God's mercy demonstrated. Yes, we, we saw that Jesus Christ gave us an example of the mercy of God because he's the image of God. He's the express image of God. The, you know, the exact representation of God's person. And we saw Jesus Christ constantly, his, his miracles linked to mercy and linked to compassion. Every time people appeal to his compassion or he was moved by compassion, a miracle happens. Miracles of raising the dead, miracles of healing, miracles of transformation, miracles of multiplication, all kinds of things happen because of his mercy in operation. And then we looked at the third point, which is God's mercy, God's mercy demanded. We talked about how to how to how to, how to, 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 to lay hold on God's mercy, how to appeal to God's mercy, how to approach the mercy of God, how to stay in the mercy of God, and to and to and to cause it to begin to flow in your life profusely because it's available to you. The last point is God's mercy distributed. What do I mean by God's mercy distributed? I started talking about that earlier by the fact that God wants us to experience his mercy, to live in his mercy so that we can also start showing his mercy. So my final point today is that we are supposed to be agents of God's mercy. We are supposed to be doing God's shows of grace and mercies for people this month. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a God show month, it's a grace show month. So we're supposed to be showing grace and favor. God wants us to experience his mercy and favor so that we can also spread it. We can be doing it for other people. So we need to, this month, as we experience the mercy of God, you need to look for somebody. Like David said, is there somebody here? When God made him king, after he had struggled, and struggled for 17 years, God finally made him king. Then he said, who? Is there somebody in the house of Jonathan that I can show the same mercy of God that I have received too? Have you received mercy from God? Has God helped you? Maybe you were jobless before, but now you have a job. Maybe you didn't have a house before, but now you have a house. Maybe you were in debt before and God delivered you from debt. Maybe you had nothing before and God now raised you up, you know, raised up your business, raised up your career. Maybe you were sick before and God healed you. Maybe you were depressed before and God delivered you. It's time for you to look around and say, I'm supposed to be an agent of God's mercy. I'm supposed to distribute the mercy of God. Part of the way God, people are going to experience the grace show is because those who have experienced grace are showing grace. Let me repeat it again. Part of the ways, the ways that people are going to experience the grace show is because of people who have experienced the, the grace of God showing grace to others. And so you are supposed to show grace to others. Let me just read a few passages here and then, you know, we will end today's message. In Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35 to 38... We see one of those compassionate moves of Jesus. He said he went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and they were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So listen, Jesus had compassion on the people. And then he looked at the people. He's like, the solution to this thing is... This compassion must spread. More people must show the same compassion. And look at what it is. He said, then he said to his disciples, those who were already with him, those who had already experienced his mercy, those who were no longer scattered like the other people because Jesus Christ came and became their shepherd. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest, agents of mercy into the harvest to help these people. And look at chapter 10, verse 1. It says, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them the same power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. So he said he, he gave them the same thing that he had. And then he tells them, now go forth. He sent them forth after that to go forth and begin to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to proclaim the same kingdom he's proclaiming. You know, that was what he was saying is this. You have experienced mercy. You have experienced grace. Now distribute it everywhere. I've given you the power. Distribute it everywhere. 
God wants us to be distributors of his mercy. Even if it's a little mercy that you have experienced, you can share a testimony that will help somebody. Become a distributor of his mercy. At Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, and I'll read one more. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, it said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clot yourself, yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wear mercy. Wear compassion like your suit. Wear compassion to walk. Wear compassion at home. Wear compassion on, the, on, on, on Facebook or, or social media. Everywhere you go, wear compassion and spread compassion. Distribute the mercy of God. Become a distributor of God's mercy. Let it let be known for that. Just like it is part of God's nature. Let it be part of your nature. It's already part of your nature. Let it be part of your expression. Let, let, it, be, let it be something that people know you about. That you are a compassionate person. You are a gracious person. In Galatians 6, it said, carry one another's burdens. When was the last time you said, I, you know, I, I think some people have some burdens. I think I'm going to carry your burdens. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burden. The law of Christ that is higher than above every other law. The law of love. The law of compassion. It said, carry other people's burdens. Which, whose burdens can you carry this month? Start with those who are around you. Which burden can you carry? That's how you express the compassion of God. Finally, 2 Corinthians 1, chapter 3 to 4, verse 3 to 4. 2 Corinthians. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he's the Father of compassion and he's the God of all comfort. That is his own nature. But then, verse 4 says, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received of God. We experience the mercy of God so that we can distribute the mercy of God. This is the word of the Lord for you this morning. It's a season of renewal. It's a season of change. So many things have happened to people in this month, I mean, this year. So many things have happened in our world. And listen, there's nothing we need more. There's nothing that, is, that, that we're positioned for more than the mercy and the grace of God. That helps us to walk in victory, to bring restoration, to bring renewal. It's the mercy of God, as the grace of God that is expressed in His mercy. That's what we need. That's what we need. And God wants us to appeal to it. God wants, God wants us to cling to it, to look to it, so that we see restoration, manifestation, grace shows in our lives. And God also wants us to become distributors of it, showers of it, to manifest this grace, to show this compassion and mercy to everybody that is around us. That's what God wants to do. Oh, come on, why don't you, where you are right now, just bow down your head. Everyone right now watching me, just bow down your head. And I want you to, to just talk to the Lord right now. First of all, I want you to just surrender yourself and just yield yourself to the mercy of God. Bring every situation right now in your life and bring it to the throne of grace. Approach the throne of grace and just present it to God and say, God, I lay this at the feet of your mercy. Lord, I present this to your mercy. Lord, I give you my life. I give you everything that I have. I present it to your mercy, O oh Lord. Let your compassion reach me. Let your compassion bring transformation. And while you are doing that, know that God is hearing you because he always stops whenever people appeal to his mercy. He always stops when you appeal to his mercy. Know that God has heard you and a miracle is taking place right now. I begin to proclaim all over the place right now, healing taking place. If you are sick, place your hands where that sickness is right now. I command you sickness in the name of Jesus Christ to leave the bodies of God's people. I command that mental anguish, that depression. I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to confusion in families, confusion in minds. I command you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak right now to people's finances. I speak to their jobs. I speak right now in the name of Jesus Christ that the grace of God is manifested there. There's a turnaround. There's a release of grace. There's a release of mercy shows. Grace shows this year. Miracles in the name of Jesus of transformation, of change. Right now, I command the cloud to lift. 
the cloud to lift from you. I command that cloud to lift from your family and to lift from your affair. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that you are released into a season of joy, a season of grace, a season of renewal. Receive the grace of God. Receive the mercy of God wherever you are right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and the oil of joy for money. Receive restoration for what you have lost in the precious name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Right now, just receive it. Receive it wherever you are. And at the same time, now commit yourself and say, Lord, as I have received, I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to become an agent of mercy. I'm going to become an instrument of mercy. Make me an instrument of your mercy. Give me opportunity to show mercy. Give me opportunity to show grace and to show favors to people this month, this day, this week. Give me opportunities. Oh, Lord. And Lord, let me be a distributor of your mercy. And God hears you. And the opportunities will begin to open up in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you are watching me right now and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is a great opportunity. We are saved by his mercy. It's not because of our works. It is his grace that saves us. So right now you are in best position if you feel that you are, you are totally lost. If you feel that you have nothing to offer. If you feel that you don't deserve it. You are at the right place. All you need to do is just accept the mercy and the grace of God wherever you are and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe. I receive this grace. And listen, it's going to come into your life. It's going to save you. And you will experience his mercy. It will lift you up from where you are. And it will cause you to sit together with him in the heavenly places. And he will continue to teach you and to lead you. Come on, why don't you reach out to him right now and just pray. Just pray that simple prayer and God is going to reach out to you right there where you are. If you have prayed that prayer, praying that prayer, I want you to, you know, to look at the screen. There are some uh, contacts, you know, some, some contact information that are being shown on the screen. Call those numbers and somebody is going to reach out to you to help you along in your faith walk. You know, that's the reason why we exist as a church. So, so call that number. Somebody is going to help you. We want to help you in your journey of faith. We want to help you to learn to live in this mercy and the grace of God all through the days of your life. So reach out to us and we'll, we'll get in touch. We'll get in touch with you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastorland on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.